all you hookers and slicers. We're back with another episode of Beyond Golf Talk. I'm your host, Francis Biondi, aka Coach Frankie, and with me is my esteemed co-host, Matthew Mayo, aka Just Divot. Dude, it's been a while, man. It's been a while. It's been a couple months. Uh, I think I want to say much needed break. Do you agree? I think so. I think it was. Yeah. It gave us a good time to just kind of recenter, do some traveling, doing some research mm-hmm. on our own, kind of seeing what's been happening. There's been a lot of stuff happening in golf with Live Tour, PGA Tour, with golf clothing, golf fashion, golf culture. There's been mm-hmm. a lot more. I see a lot more influencers out there. I see a lot more things happening following golf. But you know, during those two months, I had the opportunity to to go out and really play golf and meet the people that have been inspiring me uh, personally. I took a trip out to, to LA, to sunny LA. It was beautiful out there and you and I got to meet up and that was really yeah. cool because we got to play some really sick munis. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, so, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was definitely beautiful. Weather was ideal. Sun was out, no clouds. Um, kind of a, little chilly weekend uh when you were here it was a little bit colder so i remember when i played i didn't bring i don't think i brought a sweater with me i think it was just me poloed up that was in some shorts but uh kind of wish i brought you know one it was chilly to put over yeah it was chilly it was it was good to get out of the 100 plus degree heat that we've been getting in austin texas so i'm really glad i came out there got to hit up the the west coast the what was the name of the golf course you played again uh, I remember we played at Weddington. Um, I remember I yeah, whipped we did play at Weddington. Weddington. I'm just, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. Just no, 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 oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't like it Wedding- wasn't like that. Weddington was cool. That's where we met yeah. up. So I was I was hanging out with Rondo Barrio. If you don't know who Rondo Barrio is, you should uh, definitely follow him on Instagram. He's got a lot of great swing tips. He himself is a I would say a, a pioneer of a certain type of way to understand your balance in the swing and understand the way your body moves. And he came up with his own methods in the past. He loves allowing the, one of the, one of his signature moves. Um, he works with Jesper Parnovic, by the way, champions tour player, one of my favorite players growing up. Um, if you ever watch Annika Sorenstam, if you ever watch uh, David Duval swing, both of them are, are unique in the fact that they let their head kind of move a little bit or turn naturally as they come down the downswing, as they impact the golf ball. It's definitely something that Ron Del Barrio does with his uh, more advanced players who want to learn that move, but he's great at just from beginner golfers to obviously tour level golfers. So I got to have the opportunity to work with him for a couple of days, checked out my swing, gave me some really great key tips. And I brought that to our round, man. Like I remember telling you, like I've been having such a hard time with my long irons lately. And then we had this like long par three. I busted out the four iron, remembered what he told me. And I was like, Ron, this is for you <laughs> in my head. And I, and I hit a great shot. I had a pin high. It was, it was, it was pure. Um, usually it's it, lately, it's been hard for me to find the center of the face with a longer iron, but those tips definitely helped. And Weddington is a great track. It's a par three golf course right in studio city. So in Los Angeles, and that's where you and I met up. Um, how, like, how cool is that track? Imagine back in the day when those greens were like 11s or 12s. I mean, those things are like postage, postage stamps. They're small, right? Like I can't mm-hmm. imagine a young Anthony Kim or playing, playing against him for money back in the day when I heard he was shooting seven, eight under sometimes at that, at that track. Definitely. Definitely. And I just want to get this out of the way real quick. Um, hashtag save Weddington. Um, I yes. know that um, definitely want to, you know, preserve the state of Weddington 
um, the way it is with the golf and the tennis um, and everything going on. So with just with whatever upcoming plans are, you know, going to take place or hopefully don't take place, you know, for the time being, um, just want to get that out there that we definitely need to preserve, you know, the culture, um, the pretty much golf um, accessibility, uh, so on and so forth. So just want to want to go ahead and put that out there to start. But yeah, uh, definitely had a great time. And I was just joking about whooping your ass because I think you did whoop mine. But when it came the closest to the pin, I think I, I think I got you a little bit because I know I think we, you did. Uh, we had a we had a, we placed a couple bets and you couldn't help yourself. You really couldn't help yourself. So <laughs> I remember 18 stuck it maybe like a couple of feet from the pin. And then later on, we played in Sino and uh, and that, that was just a lot of fun. Just beers all around. Um, yeah, a little bit of banter with closest to the pin again. I know you just couldn't help yourself on just both ends of, you know, the par three I saw, course. And just... Dude, I saw you were getting hot. <laughs> like, you were getting hot. I was like, okay, dude, like, his confidence is high. Like, I want to, yeah. I want to, I think, I feel, I feel like I could get him on this hole. But no, like, you, you did stick it closer than me on that L2. Yeah. yeah, I wish we had a, uh, we should do a nine hole at least vlog next time we get together. That would have been, yes, sir. that would have been really nice to be able to see that. Um, Completely I love agree. that you brought up the Save Weddington idea though, because that was making the news recently. And when we were there, I remember talking to a few of Ron's old students um, and they were talking about this whole thing. And I was asking, you know, what is this about? Because obviously in Austin, Texas, uh, or, the, or those of you listening that are in Texas understand the idea behind the Save Muni movement, which one, of, which is one of the most publicized um uh, municipal golf courses, um, one of the most historic tracks, one of the first golf courses to be desegregated um, in the South. And it just has a lot of history with Harvey Penick, one of the most famed acclaimed golf instructors, Ben Crenshaw growing up playing there, Tom Kite playing there. So a lot of historic golfers have, have played at this track and it is in downtown Austin, prime real estate, right? Prime for developing condos and, you know, multi-million dollar buildings. But you know, there are a group of people that really want to keep that history alive. And Austin, much like Los Angeles, I feel like is it's hard to get tea times. It's hard to play golf because there's so many people that want to play. And there are a lot of people that are just getting into the game now due to COVID, which is amazing. But unfortunately, Austin wasn't really built for a lot of public golf. So being that Studio City has a great uh, short track there at Weddington, gives the opportunity to a lot of people who want to get into the game or kill some time or have something better to do after, after school um, to come out and play golf. And it would, it would suck to see a place like that go. Um, I think, I think the school next door, the Academy next door wants to expand their buildings and they, they somewhat have, uh, I think rights to the property to do yes. that. But a lot of locals there, are, you know, they, they would, it would, it would be sad for that area to see a place like that go. Um, so, yeah. So let's like, I feel like we're both on the same page here, you and me, uh, just David, about trying to keep golf alive and just seeing how much it's been changing the America in general, yes. you know, uh, seeing more people out on the golf course, uh, having people out there that have never played golf before that now want something to do. And, you know, why do we want to restrict access by, you know, developing it further uh, for a lot of these, you know, private interest. I think it's, I think this is great. You know, it's a good opportunity to, to kind of band together over these things. So check out what's happening in your city locally. If you can get out to a Muni, go support a Muni. Um, these places need to be kept alive. 
110%, yes. But Encino, just to recap Encino a little bit, <laughs> what a sick track. That was such a great golf yeah. course. And I can't believe that's that's like something that's a, that can be accessible. It's a public course. You know, yeah. Driving in LA is one thing, but that was such a great golf course. I loved it. Yeah. And I was, okay. I remember I was, I remember I was thinking, I was like, I was talking to my wife and I was like, I don't think I got a twilight round in this year. And then I totally forgot. I'm like, we played twilight that day at Encino and, you know, had a ton of fun. Um, definitely slightly more than just a place just to hit to then just to hit a ball. It was yeah. definitely a good layout. Um, I think one of the more memorable moments from that round was when um, one of our tires blew. And no yeah. one was at no one was at the shed, so it was kind of we had to you know rough it out there on three wheels. We made it work. It was a little bit of a bump, bumpy ride at the end. I think it broke down on that really long part three. Yeah, um, it did. Yeah, I think it was like what fifteen, fourteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was somewhere in the back nine. But sun was setting. We were we were yeah. roughing it on three wheels. <laughs> I hope they don't come looking for us now. I mean, it they. They did kind of say just kind of yeah. head in, so we, we had yeah. to do what we had to do. We called, we uh, we spoke to the to the dudes we played with, a couple older fellas, and they were just like, "Yeah, I think they're closed." They called, we called. Um, I was contemplating walking. I was like, "No, we're not just going to leave the cart here." And plus, it's it's getting dark. It's just it, it, let's just ride. So we did it. We finished it, and we still had you know a slight amount of uh, daylight left. So yeah, I would definitely call it a very very um, successful day. Yeah, it was. Um, one yeah. of the things I added to that trip, I mean, besides eating some great local grub, um, mm-hmm. was I checked out, because I've never been to one, uh, the Melbourne store in Santa Monica, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. No, not Santa Monica. I'm sorry. No, it was uh, off Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Um, I think they just recently reopened. And man, it was such a really cool experience. I mean, it's this small little store, um, carpeted probably from, from the floor up, which is really cool. Gives us a really, really interesting aesthetic. And and they, they just dropped something. I think they dropped like their ski line. So they had a bunch of really cool logos in there. And I love how they do these these small drops and these collections. Um, they just did a few a collab recently with TaylorMade, right? It dropped today. Um, was trying to cop something. The things I wanted were gone. They caught that. Yeah. Or they, uh, they dropped everything from alignment sticks. Um, what the else? head covers range, look really cool. Head covers, the range, uh, yeah, range, range finder, finder cover. pouch, mm-hmm. the pouch, um, the mock <laughs> neck. The mock neck was actually there was some available. Um, the mock necks look good. Yeah, the, they were they had Those the mock good. necks. They had the shorts. They had the, the sweats. They had the pants. They had they had the whole nine. They had the bucket hats. Everything pretty much sold out pretty quick within five minutes. So yeah. kind of a kind of a tough drop. Um, but yeah, was really really looking forward to that drop. Definitely good for them. Um, yeah. Love that they're collabing. You know two of my one of my favorite golf brands of you know all time you know me i'm a tailor-made gamer and yeah just yeah yeah, yeah just com- just uh being able to combine that with another brand i love was was definitely nice to see well talking about you being so. a tailor-made gamer that brings us into kind of like our first real segment so this is going to yeah. be our new kind of what's in the back because we both added things to our bag so you know what mm-hmm. let's just let's bring her let's break down your bag from driver and then all the way down to like your newer clubs. So, so what have you been playing with recently? Yeah. So from driver to putter, um, in the bag, we got, let's just start off with driver, got a tailor-made SIM two max D with a draw bias. I remember when I bought that driver, um, got fitted for it with a, uh, Tensei blue, um, 65, 65 gram shaft, uh, stiff flex. And I remember when I got fitted for it, I was kind of, 
trying out the Max, trying out the standard Sim 2. And the guy was like, how about the Max-D? I was like, isn't that kind of like a noob driver? Like, no, no, it's not. It's kind of the perception. Um, but if you watch, uh, you know, Dustin Johnson's driver being built, they put, you know, they uh, they put hot melt in the driver head, you know, toward to make it more draw bias. Um, so this one's kind of a consumer-ready tour driver. And the way, when he put it like that, I was like, okay, sign me up. And um, that's, some, that's, some, that's, that's a tour move right there, the hot melt. Yeah. And- for the listeners out there who don't know what hot melting is, hot melting is when they literally they used to drill these holes into the driver where they wanted to insert um, and squirt like hot glue, and hot glue adds weight. So for a lot of tour players, a lot of tour players don't like to see the ball go left for us for the righties out there, right? So you don't want to see hooks. So a lot of people will hot melt it towards the toe. Now if you hot melt it or put weight towards the face, it can lower the spin. If you put it back towards the the end of the driver, the back of the driver, it could raise the spin. So there's different places that you can add hot glue to your clubs, your driver especially, to be able to eliminate a certain shot. Now, you know, that's if your local club manufacturer or club fitter, um, club guru can do that, I mean that'd be great to be able to see, especially if you're a little bit more of a consistent player like like we are, I'd say. Yeah, and that's kind of what sold me to the idea. Like, yeah, they put hot melt in the heel. If you watch um, how they construct Dustin Johnson's driver, I'm like, hey, I'm sold. So I got that. Um, Recently upgraded to a um, OG Stealth Stealth Plus 3-wood. Got that jacked up. Um, Comes with a hazardous shaft. Got that jacked up to like a 16. So kind of like a 4-wood, just because I like seeing loft. I like seeing uh, the club face a little bit closed just to gain a little bit more confidence when I'm hitting off um, a nice tight lie. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, got a three hybrid at 19 degrees, uh, sim two hybrid, and then four to pitching, uh, got the uh, P790s, the 2021 uh, iteration. So I got that with a Project X um, LS, so the low spin shaft. So with the hollow head design, um, and just the uh, high launching capabilities along with a low spinning shaft. Uh, I've already told you this. I've told a bunch of people this. It's, it's just a great combination feel-wise and for, uh, forgiveness-wise. Um, and then recently, I just upgraded um, used to game high toes, uh, 52, 56, 60. And then since then, uh, upgraded to the Mill Grand 4. So I haven't gamed those yet, but I did test them on the range, on the Trippin' Green. And they feel they feel just absolutely incredible. Just look for a review to drop on those uh, fairly soon on my Instagram. A quick little reel on those. And then, uh, last but not least, my baby. Um, this is my uh, special select Newport two that I got customized. Uh, got stamped, so I've got my wife's initial stamped on there, my son's initials, my dog's initial stamped, and then I had on the face Scotty Cameron. I got that milled out. The Scotty Cameron stamp got that milled out, and then put inserted a transparent or translucent black tour dot on the face okay. so very okay. very custom uh shaft jet black uh put a garson quad tour grip on there just recently been putting really well with it with the grip Ooh. grip completely makes a difference dude and that's I'm, my gonna, I'm, I'm gonna stop you there i i, I yeah. want to comment on that garson grip because mm-hmm. when i first put their og garson grip, it was like a teardrop type of a grip okay. where it was actually like ribbed on the top where okay. your thumbs would actually go on the sides. Like when my left thumb would be at like 11 o'clock, the rib is at 12 and the right thumb is like at one. The way I would hold it is I would actually be able to put my elbows closer to my body. And I love feeling like I'm pinning the inside part of my biceps to my, to my, my pecs. 
kind of like as if you were to tell me like, hey, hold this puppy. Like how would I support the weight of it? Like the elbows would point straight down. So that grip, that Garson grip, I gained for like three years straight. I probably made probably one of the better, I was probably my better better putting times like ever. Like I, I, I was just rolling everything in overhead. Then I went back to a pistol grip for mine, but um, I love it. Taylor made setup and I definitely want to check out that review on the, on the wedges. Cause I love, I always love Taylor made wedges with their grinds. Um, it was a little more mm-hmm. forgiving of a grind. They never had a lot of lower bounce grinds. Um, but I love the way it would just like slide through. So going with my bag, um, I did some work recently with Callaway. Uh, I dropped a review video on their paradigm. I actually ordered the triple diamond. So their lowest spinning driver head, um, newest one with, uh, I put in, my uh, Hulk shaft. So it's a Project X 6.5, 70 gram um, yeah, PVD. Right yeah, dude, it's it's it so looks like about. the Hulk. It's green, goes all the way down to a purple finish at the tip. And it's something that Cameron Champ really like brought to light back when he was like really banging the ball out there. Yes, um, sir. It's, it's extra stiff. So it keeps the, the misses a little bit tighter. Um, and the Paradigm was giving me like probably the, the fastest ball speeds that I've seen with the lowest fit. So... I, I got that. I got that in a nine, uh, nine degree, nine degree, nine degree. And then I go down to a stealth, um, a stealth. It's like all blacked out, like the newer stealth ones with the same type of PVD shaft, uh, in an 80 gram extra stiff. So I got the green Hulk shafts in both of those. I love it. Uh, one of my buddies gave me an old apex, uh, 2019 version, uh, hybrid. So it's a three hybrid. It's like 19 degrees ish. I love that. And if I'm not gaming the hybrid, if I'm playing a longer golf course, if it's if it's tighter and I need something straight off the tee, I got this old Yonex ZB1 driving iron. And the driving iron is it comes at 16 degrees. So it's I got actually bent down to 15. So it's pretty much a three wood head on on this uh de- uh what was it? It's a graphite design, uh tour AD orange. Shaft, oh. extra stiff. It's like 105 or 110. I think it's 105. It is awesome. The thing is a dart. So, and out in Texas here, man, it gets it gets dry. So that thing can roll out a lot. Love that. And then Titleist recently uh, hooked me up with the new T150s. So I've been gaming these Ping I210s for the past like four or five years. I was fit for them when they came out. And I had the Project X 6.5 LZs in them just to help me get a little bit of spin because I'm a low spin player. I love them. And I love them. And I didn't know how much I was actually giving up with the technology nowadays. Cause in my head, I was always like, the iron's not going to change much. I mean, you know, if your swing, swing gets better, yeah, you're going to hit the ball further. But honestly, I was surprised. So Titleist hit me up. They called me up and said, Hey Francis, we're doing a fitting. Why don't you head out to UT golf club? I checked out my irons versus theirs. I was originally going for the T100s. I'm like, I don't play as much as, <laughs> as I used to. I want to get a little bit of forgiveness, <laughs> but man, like, I, like I didn't know. I, 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 when you get an iron fitting, it's, it's so important to figure out your lie, especially what kind of shot you want to play. So I had a tendency to overdraw the ball. They had me in a two degree flat lie. So they actually take the, the iron head and they bend it toe down. That helps negate any like heel digging into the contact or into the surface when you hit off the grass. So all the shots end up being straighter. I was getting like five to eight more yards of distance. The four iron was super easy to hit. So I've been playing those T150s and i Played them recently in a, a course vlog I did up in Greenville, South Carolina, Carolina when I went up for my uh, now sister-in-law's um, uh, wedding. Um, and uh, I'm going to drop that video here pretty soon, so you all get to see that. Um, so I got that four through Pitching Wedge, and I got the SM9s, Vokies, uh, throughout the bag. And I've been messing around with a 60 
uh, K grind low bounce. So wide sole, but low bounce, like six degrees of bounce and a T grind of like four degrees of bounce, I believe. Um, but I love them. I mean, Tylus makes some great golf clubs. Um, waiting to test out some of these new paradigm or actually the newer Callaway irons too. So I'm going to do a, a review there pretty soon as well. to kind of check out the differences, but mm-hmm. I've been liking the club so far, man. Good. Yeah. I think you forgot your putter, man. I love your putter. Oh dude. Yeah. Um, yeah my so putter shout I did. Out, yeah. Shout out to your putter. Yeah. So sick golf, they helped me out through college. And then when they came down to Orlando, I was in Orlando at that time and they fit me really well for this putter about like eight years ago. So it's one of their original sick tour Joe's sick recently got bought by LA golf. Um, so those of you in the West coast or anybody watching Bryson Duchambeau, like roll every ball in the hole. Um, it's, it's LA golf. So sick has this descending loft technology. So it starts at like four degrees at the top of the face and goes down to one helps ensure like a tighter roll. And I've, I've always felt like I've put best with that sick. It's hard to, it's hard to let go of that putter or switch to something else. So yeah, it's sick. Sure. I just remember looking at your bag and kind of examining it and you could kind of tell you're kind of, you're a teaching pro when you do have older model clubs in the bag and there's nothing wrong with that. Cause you could shoot a 66 on somebody's head at any, at any moment's notice. Right. But I just remember this what kind of influenced me to upgrade wedges when I started hating your title as foot, your, your Vokies. And then I just remember seeing like two sixty degrees, like two fifty six, <laughs> uh, 56 or 54, I'm like, yeah, you can tell us a teaching pro just because he has so many Vokies in his bag. But I remember, uh, I remember trying out the, the K grind, and it was what eight degrees of bounce or something like that. And I yeah, just six remember degrees, hitting yeah. it six degrees. But I just remember playing with it. I was like, wow, this wide sole lob wedge is just a complete game changer. And I just remember seeing your I two tens. I'm like, yeah, you could tell these have just gone through it you know um and i yeah, just like remember the that backs were falling off like the, yeah, the pads the, are like peeling yeah. off and i was yep. still using them yeah yeah it's just hitting them pure still and then i just remember pretty much just the uh the ferrule on your driver just you know this t- tiny little gap you know on the whole shaft yeah. connected yeah, to yeah, the, your yeah. maverick head um but <laughs> me being a self-professed like gearhead and kind of swearing allegiance to one brand i love talking to guys who just have different manufacturers in the bag and that's what really gets me going um and really you know gets my gears going and and churning and just being able to see what what shafts what specs uh if they play upright if they play it flat you know what driver head combinations with wood you know their their uh their fairway woods with their iron so on and so forth yeah i like i think jason duffner um kind of put it out there back when he was looking for, well, didn't have some sponsors. I think he was using like scratch golf was like making some irons for him. I could be wrong. I'm not exactly sure if it was him or not, but he had like a mixed bag. Uh, same thing with, um, I mean, obviously Brooks Kepka. you know, he, he has somewhat of a mixed bag, loves his tricks on irons, was using tricks on driver. They'll switch it up. You know, they, I think the, the press makes it a really big deal, obviously, because, you know, golf brands pay for a lot of what the pros get to do. So, you know, they said, oh, Brooks Koepka is going to be using, he's going back to his sim driver for this tournament or whatever. Like, yeah, it's for that I tournament, it. you know, like, I love it. I, I love that he's doing that. And at the same time, it's like, you know, the guys are going to play with what they feel is right. And if they have an older club in the bag and they feel more confident, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. let's not make it like it's end all be all. He's all Srixon. He's all tailor-made. He's all, it's like whatever he's going to hit. He's Brooks Koepka. You know, he can hit mm-hmm. any driver really well. Let's face it. Um, still uses that Vaporfly, right? That two iron. Like I was, as soon as like people talked about that, eBay totally gone. So totally hard to find them now, right? So, I mean, guys will play what they want to play when they can. And uh, yeah, I like the mixed bag too. It's uh, 
yeah, I think it shows the integrity of the player as well. You know, we're yeah, just finding out what they like, right? You know, <laughs> what they're does. good playing. You know, it's 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 <laughs> observing people. It's not just getting the best of each manufacturer out there. Uh, the, it's not getting the best out of all the OEMs. It's like what feels good to you. You know, exactly, um, exactly. You know, because you know, best fairway woods, you know, consensus. If you ask, you know, just random person off the street who plays golf, they'll be like, you know, Taylor Maid's up there, uh, titles. And then next thing you know, Ping's kind of creeping up. Ping's been, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Ping's been creeping up on the fairway wood end along with brands like even Cobra, you know, as far as the tech, the technology that Cobra has going on with the rails for the turf interaction. Right. Um, and just, and just how hot it is off the club face. Um, and then irons is just a mixed bag. You get, you could get a good quality iron set from, from any of the OEMs, even the non-OEMs, non-traditional OEMs. So Tacoma, right. um, New oh, Level yeah, Golf. Sure. Um, who else am I missing? Uh, 14's out there. 14's um, great. I yeah, love 14. Four, yeah, 14. Um, just, to, just to name a few, if I'm forgetting a couple of other brands, you know, please forgive me, but just uh, but just for the sake of bringing you guys up and shout out to non-traditional you know, OEMs. Yeah, um, you, guys yeah. are, you guys are really making it easy for golfers, even newer golfers to get into the game and get a really good quality set for half the price of a TaylorMade or a Titleist or a Ping or a Callaway. You know? Yeah, for sure. So. Especially to, like, especially Tacoma. Like I, I first saw that when Eric was using them and I mean, they, they feel amazing. Like they're yeah. really good feeling clubs. And I, I know when I teach a lot of the students that come to me and they're asking me for recommendations on golf clubs, like where should I go to buy? Like how much should I be thinking of spending? I mean, there are a lot of great companies out there that just sell starter sets. And if you're going to be new to the game, you don't feel like you're going to be playing more than like once or twice every couple months. then maybe a starter set is good for you for a while to really start playing maybe once or twice a month. And then you want to really start seeing improvement on your game after you work on it then you can start thinking about maybe use clubs. Like you don't really need to go for a brand new set. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I'm going to shout out to this company because they're, they're based out of Texas, Dallas, Texas. They're called golf roots. Golf roots does a lot of like all brands use clubs. Um, they'll, they'll kind of go through their own process. And they did this really cool thing where they have a, a set. I think they were calling it just the roots. So for people that are just starting out, you would get like a seven iron, a putter, a wedge, and like a three wood or a driver. And that would be like all you need to buy for like under a hundred bucks. So if you just want to get out, I think it came with like five golf balls too. So it was just such an interesting way to like, just get started rather than going to have to like rent this whole set of clubs. Every time I want to go with my boss to play or something like that, you know, you're, you're buying one set of clubs for the price of almost like a, a nice rental set. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of great ways to get into the game. One, uh, one other thing before we go into what beginners are looking for getting into the game, um, just to cap off LA, the last thing it did was besides see Ron Del Barrio, I saw George Gankis and it took me months to try to get time with him. And, you know, I told him, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm a director of instruction at my club over in Austin, Texas. I've been following you a lot. Um, ever since like 2015, really with all your videos with Johnny Ruiz, it's been really cool watching you grow. And I, I let him know, it's like, Hey, I'd love to just, can I just spend some time with you, shadow you, learn from you and take a lesson with you? I'd love to do that. I'll, you know, I'll, whatever I have to do. So he, they finally hit me back up. They said, come on out this weekend. So I planned the whole trip, um, around that as well. And man, the, I think I spent almost two hours with him and he was amazing. Like we got to capture all of this, the whole, the whole lesson on video. So that's going to be dropping on my YouTube soon. Um, we're going to call it swing secrets with George Gankis. And we're going to try to do this with, with a lot of other golf instructors, um, throughout wh- whoever I can get in front of and have the time to do this with, uh, one of my buddies from college, um, his name's Adam. Uh, he actually had, had free time 
and he came out and he helped me record this. And it was great because we had my camera set up as, as like the main, as one of the main cameras on the tripod and he had his like gimbal rigged up. So he was moving around. We got some really cool angles and just got to like break down the philosophy of George Gankus's um, method of teaching. And, you know, when you watch YouTube videos and you see players that he teaches like Matt Wolf, obviously everyone talks about shallowing out the golf club and how Matt's so steep on the way back and he shallows. And everyone thinks like George Gankus is his like main move. And what people talk about most is like getting the, you know, getting the hips to turn out of the way, like getting rotational. Actually, one of the things that I thought was really important was the setup in general. We talked for like the first 20 minutes kind of on what amateurs typically do, what pros typically do in setup compared swings of like say Tiger Woods, Adam Scott, Matt Wolf, and showed, he showed me what angles people are usually at when they impact the golf ball, when they strike it and when they set up. So we found out that, well, I found out quickly that the proper setup, and I always knew the proper setup was important, of course, but there are different numbers that we look for now. Um, and I kind of bring that into my teaching as I've upgraded myself throughout the years, collabing with different instructors and kind of melding this into like one philosophy is that if you can get yourself over the golf ball with the right angle, with the right front bend, with the right back line angle, and you can kind of maintain that throughout your swing, your body can do a lot of this stuff on its own, you know, and, um, it's really interesting. So I've been, I've been using that with a lot of players, uh, that video should be dropping the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned with that. Um, that'll be on beyond golf performance YouTube channel, and you'll get to see pretty much my whole lesson with George. So it's, it's a wealth of information. We're going to break it down. We'll edit it up to, to the good parts. You don't have to see me shank it a bunch of times before I actually have one, <laughs> but it was great. I got the full treatment. Johnny Ruiz was there. They had uh, another golfer there as well who was helping assist. It was great. Like pull up at the right time. You're looking around like, where, where's the setup? Like I, I, I know the tent. I know his Pelican case, with the laptop. I see everything there, yeah. but where is he? Like as soon as like 12 o'clock hit, you hear the screech from the, from two golf carts, just coming out of nowhere, turn around. There's Gigi. He hits me up with a dap. <laughs> Um, Johnny Ruiz and this other guy don't really say anything. They just got to go into their positions. And George's like, all right, love man. it. So what's up? I'm like, holy crap. Like, this was awesome. No nonsense, no bullshit. Right into it, man. Yeah. Right One into it. One quick question for you, uh, just with your experience. Yeah. Um, what did he have you? Did he have you hit balls first? I know you kind of warmed up. Oh, yeah. I, obviously, you would warm up, but. Was there one thing that he noticed about your swing um, that right away was like, hey, um, you know, this well, is what we need to fix? Did he touch the, Was he kind of like trying to overhaul parts of your swing? Was there, was it like my small, minute details that he wanted to change? Yeah, good question, man. So the yeah. first thing I told him, and he kind of remember this from when we were talking, he was like, yeah, so you're an instructor, right? He's like, I love working with instructors because I can get into the details a little bit more. I can explain to you a little bit more of the process and what you'd be looking for in your swing, but like why I want to do this. Whereas with another, with a player, they just want to know so they can just go out there and repeat it. So I'm like, yeah, tell me, like divulge, please. Um, I'm a sponge. So yeah, we, uh, I hit some swings. I, I warmed up for like five balls in front of him. And I heard him like go to Johnny. He's like, it's like, I like his, I fucking like his move. <laughs> I like his move. So it was really cool to like hear that. I was like, yeah, you know, like, yes, I've been playing for a little bit. He's like, yeah, yeah. So I see like, there's like one thing that we could be doing, you know, like with, let's talk about a setup. And in the video, you'll see in the first like five to eight minutes, he's just explains like the way he likes to see players set up and the reason for that and how he can get into a better impact position by getting a certain looking for a certain backline angle or getting your body to, to get into the position correctly. And he likes to refer to Sam Snead and Hogan, a lot of the, the, 
the old school players, Jack Nicholas, how they would set up and then kind of pair that to like an Adam Scott or, or a Tiger Woods and some of the greats that, that we've seen as we grew up. And there are a lot of similarities. There really are. And, and he's taught himself a lot of this stuff by watching videos and him trying to improve his game, which is great. Cause when I talked to him, he's like, he goes, Francis, this is great. Cause you're, you're like, you're the real deal. And the fact that you're a golf teacher, but you're trying to get better in your swing. He's like, I wouldn't go take, you know, I wouldn't go to the gym and get personal training from like a, like a fat dude or something like that. You know, like in a sense, like, you know, knowing that you're working on yourself is says a lot for the process. I'm like, yeah, this is how I have to learn. Like I have to do it myself before I can even like go tell somebody else or if I want know if I want to bring this into my teaching. So he's like, this is awesome. Like props to you. Uh, so we keep in touch. Um, I've sent him swings. I've, I've asked him questions uh, since I last saw him just kind of through text or whatnot. And he's been super cool with answering them and just kind of getting more in depth in, in the whole philosophy of the swing. So I feel like I found another mentor, uh, you know, uh, obviously yeah. adding Gigi and Ron Del Barrio and some of the guys in the West yes, coast sir. now. Um, it's been really great to just kind of to learn a little bit more about that process. Yeah. But, you know, talking about the setup, I think, you know, as when you started golf in general or when you start a sport, you know, the first things you learn are how do you hold this club or how do you hold a racket, right? When you play tennis and also like, how's your, how does your body have to feel before it even makes the movement? Right. Yeah. With my upbringing, um, you know, we really couldn't afford to, play a multitude of different sports. I mean, basketball was the most accessible just because you could go to a park and find a hoop and, you know, shoot hoops and whatnot. And then football, you could just play with your friends in some sort of yard, backyard or some, or some field. Um, but once you start getting into like equipment based sports, that's when it was like, eh, maybe when we're older. And that's kind of, that's kind of the deal. So when it started with golf, I remember my dad had this, it wasn't beat up. It was barely even used. I remember when we first moved to Oregon, he had like this uh, Cleveland set, so it came with irons, driver, um, three wood, uh, the whole nine. So I remember, you know, swinging on that. And our mutual friend, Hari Chang, is pretty much who introduced me to the game and um, t- took me to his country club. Shout out to Rock Creek Country Club there in Portland, Oregon. Um, I remember taking out my pitching wedge because that was pretty much the only wedge I had in my bag. So what was that? Since it was a pretty forgiving set, I would maybe guess it was around 45, 46 degrees. Of, of loft for the, for the pitching wedge. And he took me to the chipping green and I just remember sharing a bucket with him and just noticing myself getting closer to the pin with a pitching wedge from like 70 to 80 yards. And once again, I had no choice. I didn't okay. have any other wedge. That was, okay. the, that was the only wedge I had. So I remember like being super hunched over and my knees were bent and not necessarily knowing what to do, but just taking a nice short swing, you know, keeping the same amount of tempo and I remember I did that for maybe like two, three weeks before I actually got into a, an actual range. Once I got to the range and I thought I was really good on the shipping green, you know, I thought it was really good. And then once I get to the range, uh, humbled once again, um, irons hurt, my hands hurt, um, getting too much ground, hitting it fat, my, you know, can barely hold the club at the end of the range session. And then once it got to driver, that was probably the most frustrating um, part of my golf journey was trying to hit driver and um, not having it go to the ninth hole, not, not having it go to the ninth fairway from the range, um, stop trying to stop slicing it and whatnot. Um, but as far as I'm sorry, like as far as starting out with golf, what was kind of what was your question again? I'm sorry. Yeah. So yeah. one of the things I was thinking was like, for all the listeners out there who are 
you know, still not bringing a hundred or not getting into bogey yeah. golf yet, not getting 95s or are those who are just starting out in golf. Like, what do you feel like has been, what was the main thing you'd focus on? You know, I feel like it's so tough. Yeah. I talk to a lot of people that I teach and it's like their first golf lesson. And they're like, I've been to the range. I've hit balls for the past three months, but like I'm lost. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it, we should have done this in the beginning. It would have been really nice to kind of get you started. Cause now you're just like, you're three months of searching right? Without having yeah. just the proper idea of the grip or the stance or posture. So, I mean, what do you feel like is yeah. one of the best things to look at? Yeah. Sorry. I kind of went off a tangent there as far no, as like good. how I started with the game, but Love it. Kind of, it kind of goes hand in hand with everything that, you know, I practice today. Yeah. Um, since I don't get to the range as often as I would like, um, you know, just being a family man and all that, um, key things that I try to focus on, uh, situational stuff. Um, but I think that it goes hand in hand, or I think that's just goes beyond, you know, a couple more steps after you get technically good with golf club and being able to hit, you know, a variety of clubs throughout your bag. Um, but I like to pack, I like, I like to do a lot of practice, um, with situational stuff, just mainly if I'm hitting in between clubs, I think that does go a long way with, you know, shaving a couple strokes off your score. Um, if it's like, you know, my, just for example, my pitching wedge is like a one. 35 136 club um if it's like a 117 club uh definitely can't really get there with my gap wedge so i might have to hit like a soft knockdown you know sawed off pitching wedge uh things like that um once you get technically good um but one key thing uh outside of reps because i know people who just bash range balls and don't get any better they're at the range four to five times a week and they just go through two buckets for two, two and a half hours and don't get any better. They're still shooting in the hundreds. They're still shooting in the high, the high nineties. Um, I think really just slowing it down and really focusing instead of just admiring your ball flight. Cause obviously at the range, you're a champion. Anybody's a champion at the range, but once it gets down to the course, that's kind of where it gets difficult. And I think just being able to slow it down, take a couple breaks, take even a couple sips of water and just reassess what you're working on. Um, especially if you're trying to do a swing change, if you're trying to implement some sort of move in your swing, just really a lot of reps, um, a lot of exaggerated reps on what you want to work on and seeing if that improves your game, if it, if it improves your ball flight, if it improves how you're feeling in your swing, if, it, if even if it, it improves your confidence, just anything on the physical level, as far as your swing is concerned, definitely translate over, translates over to you know, the mental aspect. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you have a good point there on like, if you know what to work on, you can take those, you can make those exaggerated movements. Because I feel like a lot of people that start out don't really know necessarily how to hold it. They might watch a video and then when they're doing it, they don't have somebody who's done this before or you know, expertise watching them do this. So it's really easy to get into bad habits with anything, just like in golf, it's really easy to get into bad habits of like gripping it improperly. Maybe your hands feel better a certain way, but you're not seeing the ball flight that you want or standing over the ball might feel natural to you, but you know, you keep hearing get in an athletic stance. And if you played baseball or football, that athletic stance in those sports is different from an it's athletic like stance knees. in golf. It's like, yeah, it's like, like bend oh, your yeah. knees. <laughs> I call it, I tell, I call it dog, dog pooping on the lawn. Like, look, yeah. cause it's like squat. Yeah, like you're exactly. just in a big squat. Everyone's like, yeah, everyone's just bend your knees. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah. That's like, I feel like that's the last thing you do Mm -hmm. when you're setting up. At least that's what I like to 
kind of look at myself and see, because most of the amateurs I see get into it with bent knees. So like, okay, you got to get down to the ball. Well, really it's supposed to be from, you know, the back or like your front bend. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I bend the knees to be able to like feel the ground, you know, not, not to get down. Um, if I want to get mm-hmm. lower, maybe I'll widen the stance a little bit. Maybe I bend the knees a little bit more if I'm like over six, one stuff like that. But, you know, there's definitely more of a science to it. And I figured that out over the years of, of coaching and, and researching and all that. But I'd, I'd like to start most people off, even if they are a 90 shooter um, or even in the high eighties, I'd like to start them off with just going through a run through of your, of the typical grips, like the matchups, not just like, here's a grip. Cause I know there are teachers out there that'd be like, this is how you should grip the golf club. Like there's three different, at least three different ways to hold it. There's at least there's three different, technically three different, positions that the hands could be in weak, neutral, strong. These are the reasons why. So I I like to give them like the information and just say, Hey, like you pick, you know, do you, do you feel better with a stronger grip? Totally fine. This is what you're looking for in the backswing, or this is what you're looking for at impact. Um, there's a reason why you have the different grips. There's a reason why Colin Morikawa bows his wrist at the top. Um, or as he gets up to the top, you know, mainly being how he holds the golf club. Same thing with John Rahm or a Justin, Dustin Johnson or a Jason day. Um, so if people understand these matchups, they understand how their body feels or what their body does, it's a lot easier to teach the game. Um, just quickly to add one thing that we've added to our coaching is I brought on a coach who's TPI certified. Um, his name's Dawson and he's been throwing up some really good, you know, just really basic instructional videos right now that I've been sharing on, on our Instagram at beyond golf performance, but, uh, he'll actually do a TPI assessment with our intro players even if they're a good player or a new player or whatnot, we give them a quick assessment of their body, give them a stretching program based off of what we saw, what they passed, what they might've failed, what their concerns should be. And then if they tell us, you know, I want to draw the ball and I, I'm not seeing their arms get deep or, or whatnot, like at least I understand what's happening physically um, to their body. So we, we like to take more of a scientific approach when even with our, our new players, just so they, they kind of understand. Cause when you get in the game in your thirties, let's say you never touched a golf club before it's really hard to get into. And it's really hard to get good at, you know, just striking the golf ball. If you don't know some yeah. of these little things. So, um, that's what, that's what we like to, to do. But yeah, I think like setup and grip is so important. Um, when people are out there working on something and if they can just set their phone up and take a video, it's so much easier to get better at the game. If you can just kind of see and get feedback on what yes. you're doing, you know, 110%. Um, and it was funny cause it's funny that you bring that up. Cause I remember, I mean, this is kind of like a PSA for anybody listening to the to this episode right now. Like, go take a lesson, or even just go see somebody, talk to somebody, and ask. You know, just for like a quick tip here and there. Because I remember just watching. I think was it like a week ago or two weeks ago? Tiger had like a clinic with like Will Zalatoris and Ricky Fowler, and then the host was asking a question, like for amateurs out there, or for amateurs out there, like what's um what's kind of like your tip? Like, do you recommend hitting range balls or do you recommend uh, YouTube? And before he even finishes question, Tiger just goes, don't watch fucking YouTube. (laughs) It cracked me up. He's like, don't watch YouTube, go hit balls. And yeah. Yeah. And I, I I love it. I love it. It's, it's really just a matter of getting out there and just having those feels and having those develop further in your game. Um, But just to my point, exactly. It's like, yeah, you could go out there and, and bash balls for two hours for four or five days a week, and you're really not going to get better unless you have some sort of clear-cut goal in mind, technically, um, and 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 pretty much all the above. Just technically, mentally, um, I think whatever you do there, definitely just 
translates to a better scores, better golf game in general. So, yeah, yeah, I, I love that Tiger said that. It's like really, it is get out and play. Figure out mm-hmm. what your body's doing. Figure out what feels good to you. It's really good to have a, a set of eyes watch you and guide you. Um, I think there are some YouTube like golf instructors out there that that do say the right thing. I feel like most people, when they're looking at YouTube, everyone's looking for a quick fix. And it's great to find a Band-Aid for what you might be doing that week. But, you know, if you're not practicing it every day, you don't know really what's going on. It's really hard to do that. But I feel like since COVID, it's so, it's, it's so easy to to get, find a program that works for you, even if your coach is overseas or in another state, um, to do some virtual coaching. I mean, it's, it's yeah. super easy nowadays just to get your swing analyzed by someone maybe you follow or respect and then them give you just like a, a path to, to start to get better. At least if you have a, an opinion on your swing, somebody that can watch you and tell you, are you holding it the right way, if anything, um, then it's great. And I know like we, we, we lose some students to the time and the dedication it takes to get better at the game, of course. But uh, even we offer for our students we see in person, like, Hey, you can, you can just work with us on our coaching app, you know? So yeah. whatever you guys can do out there, find somebody that you like and respect um, and find a coach near you and just, just kind of get there, get the right steps at least to get going. You yeah. Know? And, and just the reason being is because YouTube is, I feel there's a lot of instructors on YouTube. There's a lot of really good instruction on YouTube. There's a great instruction on YouTube. Um, but a lot of the content that's being put out, swing-wise or anything that involves the golf swing technically, yeah. it's a lot of how-tos. Um, and it's a lot of, it, and it's like that for a reason, just because the people who are doing the how-tos, um, they get views that way. Um, monetary value goes up just because of their views um, mm-hmm. and, and everything else. And a lot of the people who are putting up instruction on YouTube maybe are, you know, that's their, that's their nine to five is being a teaching pro. And if they do have programs online uh, like yourself, uh, which hold, you know, an tr- immense amount of value um, and just really good advice and really good instruction, they do the how-to videos just to get you through, the, just to get you, you know, get you in, you know, yeah. and have you step through that door just so you could pay for content and pay for lessons and pay for personalized instruction. So that's why YouTube is a great tool, but sometimes can, you know, bite you in the ass at the end of the day. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, Well, talking about swings, Mm -hmm. let's talk about the recent PGA Tour winner. Yes, sir. Gala. Amazing Mm -hmm. swing. Dude has been coached by Gigi in the past as well. I Mm -hmm. believe he's still working with him. If not, I'm sorry. Um, But awesome. Like this guy just looks like he puts a natural move on the golf ball. I mean, he just gets this huge coil. He's tall. He's he's lanky. He's got long arms, and he just rips at it. And it's it's cool seeing a swing that just looks so. I don't know. It's not like he's not constricted. It doesn't mm-hmm. look like he's trying to get in positions. It just looks like he's just turning through the shot. Um, what a good swing! And I think one of the things that stands out to me, which will kind of be our swing tip of the week here. Yes, sir. One of the things that I see he do he, he does really well is he keeps his side bend pretty pretty steep through a swing. So he really gets his trail elbow down through the shot, trail trail shoulder down through the shot, um, to be able to, to to just control the face of that 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 golf club, whatever he's using. Um, and I think that's so key. A lot of people when they start out golfing, they'll notice themselves like maybe lift up or stand up, and then of course the buddy says something like keep your head down, you know, and when in actuality, 
you know, it's not about the head, right? I think we all know this as like one of the things you don't want to hear a golf instructor say is keep your head down, right? But it's more about your bend. It's more about your chest. It's like, where's your chest pointed through the swing? Where are your shoulders pointed through your swing? If you can keep your shoulders rotating around your spine in a, in a, a relatively neutral fashion, you should be able to just get back down to where you were and be able to strike that golf ball. But for those of you out there who are topping it or missing the golf ball or noticing maybe three misses, like a chunk of top and, you know, maybe, maybe a good shot. Um, I would, I would just kind of look at that and like, Throw a club on your shoulders, like right underneath your jugular, right on top of your shoulders. Rotate back in your golf swing. Try to get your, your let's say for your righties, try to get your left shoulder past the golf ball or behind the ball. Feel like your weight gets in the back foot. And then as you rotate down to the shot, get your weight in your front foot and try to point your right shoulder right at the golf ball and kind of see how much your body has to open up on its own. I think a lot of people think more about the lower body, the hips. Mm-hmm. Get the hips open, like open hips. Well, I feel like for most people, if we just think about pointing the, the trail shoulder at the ball, you'll start to notice in a mirror, like your hip opens up automatically. It has to, if you're mm-hmm. bent, if you have side bent. So that's something I, I'd love everyone to look at and watch his swing. Um, and I think we'll do this every week or every yeah. time we get to, to talk is go through some of these tour champions and see what do they really do and try to find commonalities. Yeah. And I think this is one of the main commonalities you see in, in all good ball strikers is how they mm-hmm. maintain their bends. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you bring up Saith Tagalog just because he's a pink staffer, right? And I feel like all these guys who game ping all have these like crazy side bends. Like Victor Hovland, he's a pink staffer, has a great side bend. Joaquin Neiman on the lift tour, he's a pink staffer and he, he crushes the ball with that side bend. So um, I think with pretty much everything you said from a, from, you know, swing, from a swing tip perspective has really helped me um, as far as um, being able to see you in person and even tips that you've just given me on the, on the, uh, on the on format and being able to, drill that right shoulder pointing at that trail shoulder pointing at the, at the golf ball has really helped me uh, find my bottom point. So it's really helped me just with the consistent contact instead of just having different with my overextension that naturally pops up every now and then. Oh right? yeah. The early extension. Yeah. Yeah. The early extension that pops up every yeah. now and then, um, especially with us amateurs um, just leads to different types of contact or lack of contact with the golf ball. So yeah. just different tops, um, you know, cold top in it uh hitting a fat hitting a thick and then every once in a while having a perfect so with that drill that you taught me especially having a nice you know a, a, a golf club or an alignment stick there just right under the jugular just being able to point that has just really helped me out yeah oh that's good i'm glad you're taking that yeah. to heart just like a couple small movements can change the whole golf swing for the better if you know what you're looking for right so that's great that's awesome that you've been able to to look at that but yeah, I, I, I thought it'd be good to kind of just visit and talk about his swing a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah. And then with the Ryder Cup coming up, we could talk oh, about man. like Team U, yeah. the different swings, Team USA and then, um, the European team. We could definitely break those down. And there's a different multitude of swings from uh, Brian Harmon to just to Justin Thomas to Brooks to oh my Rory gosh. to everybody. Just a plethora of players that we could talk about um, and break down each swing. Oh, for sure. So we should, we, we'll, we'll definitely do that. I think we'll be, we'll be posting that stuff, um, individually on our Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely go check that out. Uh, we got, we got videos we're dropping. 
this is our first time back in a couple months, y'all. So we're going we're gonna to keep this going. Um, yeah. Justin, you got anything else for us? Yeah, you want to end up with golf trends? Let's do it, man. Take yeah. it away. So what have you noticed specifically on your end? I mean, your, social, your, your Instagram social media algorithms might be different from mine. Yeah. Um, but what have you noticed on your end that's uh, that's been trending a lot? I think I, I think it kind of like it reads my mind sometimes, right? The algorithm kind of knows what I like, yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't even like purposely go out there and intentionally like like brands. I just yeah. kind of get fed this stuff. Um, something that that I really like is I, I love seeing the older styles from like the seventies, eighties ish kind of come back as far as like the way pants are fitting nowadays to where we see more players going towards a, I mean, you got the joggers out there and Mm -hmm. they've definitely had their own. They still do, especially with the younger crowd, but I'm seeing more people kind of look for those vintage like flares or just like a a baggier fit um, to go for that classic style, that classic knot. It's not a lot of form fitting stuff. And I see if you watch like, the guys from Metalwood, right? Like they're always out there setting trends. Um, I, I think I'm seeing a lot of higher, what do you call it? Like higher crown hats. Um, rope hats are huge here in Austin, Texas. I mean, rope hats have definitely been getting bigger and bigger everywhere else. But I feel like I, I'm seeing more of like, yes, there's still a relaxed fit. I think I'm seeing more of this like higher crown, like 70s, yeah. 80s vintage look come out. Mm-hmm. Um I love that Lacoste recently has been pushing more and more in golf and they're trying to get back into that vintage trend. Um, and then, I mean, a lot of the people that I've been talking to, one brand that I really like out here uh, in Austin is called Cricket, Cricket Shirts. And they okay. kind of do this ode or nod to those old school, you know, really long, like four button down shirts with like the starch collar, but they just fit really well. And they always have like a pocket on the tee, right? So, I, I I love the vintage look, and I myself try to I, I try to go back to it. That's just kind of what speaks to me a little bit. And there are some days where I'll go for the joggers and throw some Jordans yeah. on, um, but I I feel like that's that's something I really like and what I've been noticing a lot lately. How about you? What have you been seeing? Yeah, well, I've been seeing a lot of obviously just in the market in general, a lot of brands coming up, especially nowadays with the growth of the sport. Mm. Um, a lot of hats, a lot of tees and outerwear with terms on it like mm, okay. you know like just random golf terms which you know can be a hit most of the times can be a miss um so a lot of people have been putting golf phrasing on there that's kind of something that you know kind of caught on a couple years ago but next thing you know it's like golf phrasing is just you know slowly but surely just getting super oversaturated and kind of gets old and stale pretty quickly um one thing that you did bring up in our text messages pretty much just prepping for this episode is I remember I was talking to you and we were kind of talking about trends and pretty much what's coming out right now. And I'm not trying to, you know, this isn't a slight at any brand or anything like that um, because I think there's something out there for everybody. Um, No matter, you know, who, what you look like, who you are, what background you come from, there's something there for everybody. Um, But I remember you, you made a point that there's a lot of stuff coming out that maybe that may be functional or may not be functional. And it feels like that we're kind of alienating the better golfer. Yeah. There's a lot of good golfers out there who could, you know, put on some Auburn or put on, you know, a pair of Jordans or, you know, throw on a metal wood head cover on their bag and whatnot. Um, But you made a great point in that there's a lot of stuff that's being marketed towards growing the game. And we're kind of swaying away from, from, you know, professionals or the better golfer. 
What do you think about that? And to further expand on that, um, if you would. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's pros and cons to both of that, right? So, you know, the, the way we've been seeing golf drop lately has been, you know, taking the streetwear, bringing it out to the golf course, which is, I think is awesome. Um, although, I mean, I feel like at being an aspiring professional golfer, um, as I was taking that road to being a professional golfer, especially growing up, I mean, I'm 35 but growing up and seeing those golfers in like the tucked, the tucked in, you know, mock tee or mock polo that Tiger would wear, even with dress pants. Um, that was a big move. That was a big fashion statement itself, but still have like the nice foot joys or whatever. They're like, they're really nice. Like Nike used to make these really like TW. I think they were like, I forgot what year it was like 2012 or 2010 making some really cool, like dressy sporty shoes. And that's kind of what I've always seen. I always saw foot joy as like the standard, right? And we're all trying to be like the pros. And when I grew up watching the pros in my age, and to it was be always fair, still, polished still off, the right? Standard. Still, still kind of the standard right? to the standard. Yeah. Like, look, I mean, Tiger was wearing foot joys towards the end of his career, right? I mean, yes, you know, it's I, I love a comfy pair of flat, you know, Jordans, like low pros. I think they're great to golf in. Um, although like as a as an instructor, as somebody that's that's that wants to look a little bit more professional when I'm out in front of my students, my clients or, or out playing a nice golf course. Like I'm definitely going to throw on like the, the, the polished white, um, you know, foot joy premiums, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put on my best Sunday slacks and, and wear a nice, a nice polo. Um, but I, that's just how I've, how I felt and like the, the material or how it fits is so big on performance, right? If something's too tight or too clinging, um, especially even, even if it's cold and you're wearing like some, some type of like under armor, under shell, I mean, that can mess you up too. So I feel like the better golfer kind of gets thrown into this whole mix of like, okay, so what is trending now? Do I have to wear the baggy shirt? Do I have to wear the Jordans? I mean, obviously you wear what you want to wear. Um, but if you're trying to stay relative, I feel like, I don't know, maybe the internet's just given a voice to everybody and just, this is the Mm. voice that's being pushed right now, which is fine. So, I mean, you you could literally go out and wear whatever you want, obviously, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think there's something towards the, from what you were saying, like maybe the better golfer kind of gets pigeonholed into what's trending and kind of falling, falling in line with that too. Yeah. And kind of to build off what you said, you know, when you are teaching, you kind of, you know, kind of dress up a little bit more compared to, you know, what you would normally wear on an everyday basis. But I think that's what that's a lot of bands me. are. Yeah. yeah, that's just what a lot of bands are doing. They're trying to buck, you know, buck the system and kind of do away with older trends and do away with, yeah. you know, just the, the old social norms on the golf course. Um, yeah. From you know a social aspect to um, a fashion aspect, but it does get to the point where we do talk about oversaturation. I'm pretty much just going to keep throwing that term out there, just you know, because I can't think of anything else. Um, that as a society as golf is concerned it's great to continuously grow the game right and we're going to toss that around grow the game grow the game grow the game but there are times where we kind of need to slow down um and i think that there are people that are cognizant to uh, as far as where the landscape is that are like hey we kind of do need to slow down but there are people out there just going to keep pumping stuff at you um and i just remember roger Steele posted a posted a video you know just was saying like hey i'm not going to buy your shirt you know, don't share the, your shirt. Um, if you're t- if, if if it's your time, it's your time. If you're yeah, ready yeah, to share, about, like all the brands yeah, that are out yeah. there, like because like literally yeah. anybody can go on. Like we were talking about, like, you can go on Alibaba and buy like a bunch of hats and make yeah. a logo and start yeah. an Instagram. Like, and everyone thinks like that's easy money. I can do this. Just come up with something yeah. funny and throw it on. But it's like there's too many out there, right? Yeah. Like it's 
And that, you know, most of those people don't have the story, don't have the back. They don't have that, that backstory that you can really connect with. It's just literally a logo or a saying, you know, yeah. it's like, what are you about? I think that's what yeah. the generations now want to see, right? Like, what are you actually about? Uh, the cool exactly. thing about the way, you know, streetwear has been coming into golf. Yes. It's been bringing more people out to the game. It's a lot more approachable, which is amazing. And what's cool also is that like, you got, you got people over at like, let's say Metalwood that or like Buscemi and you got people doing these like foot joy collabs where you can still people that want the classic look, but we'll maybe still not get the classic look. Kids still yeah. get the classic look. And it's not your yeah. grandpa's cat classic look. It's yeah. vintage. It's still like, it could be, it could be thrift. It doesn't have to be like $150 polos if you don't want to. It just mm-hmm. kind of looks like you still have that clean look if you want. You could have both. Yeah. And you could be someone that wears both. Like you don't have to pigeon, pigeonhole yourself, Definitely. I guess. And just to pretty much wrap up this topic and just to wrap up the pod in general, just a couple of brands that I want to shout out. Um, yep. To me, one of the best blends of golf and streetwear and functionality um, is Students Golf to me. So shout out to students. Um, they do everything really well from um, just a t-shirt aspect to functional wear to outerwear to hats uh, to even when it comes down to logos and phrasing um, and the message that they put out there. They do a really great job. Love um, it. Accessory, accessory wise, um, technically golf, uh, saw their head covers. They dropped some head covers a couple of weeks ago, which were comp- mm. totally fire. Um, just the color tones and everything just, just really, just really went well with, you know, any sort of accessory that you want to put in your bag. Yeah. Um, and a shout out to Slided Golf as well. Slided Golf's an up and coming brand from Chicago. Um, you know, uh, they, they just had a couple events and they've slowly, but surely been unveiling, uh, some Love gear. Uh, they sent me stuff. They sent me a couple of tees and this hat just in general. Um, they sent me another cap, which I'm going to play tomorrow or which one I'm going to wear tomorrow when I play. Um, Putwell, uh, shout out to Putwell as well. They've been really good to me and they've sent me a couple polos um, and a couple hats here and there. So just a couple brands that I could think of who've um, just really been kind of at the forefront, but as well as uh, been putting out really nice quality goods um, just I like to, that just, just to name a few just to name a few I like if that. i'm forgetting you i'll mention you in the future it's just those are the ones i could think of right now that uh, stand out to me i'll throw out a couple too i mean i've just recently i've been always following muni kids but i've recently got into actually getting some of their stuff i love their head covers i think they're so cool mm. um, i love like what they do love the street golf they do i love that aspect of it um so they're they're I love it. I mean, it's from, I think your hometown, right? It's yeah, they're from, from, yeah, up in, they're from they're Portland. From, yeah, they're, they're, from Portland. Uh, yeah. They're originally from Washington. I know they taught okay. there for a little bit. Um, okay. And shout out to Drew and Max. If they're yeah, listening, yeah, shout yeah. out to you guys. Um, <laughs> but really good people. Um, yeah. When I met them, uh, nothing but nice to me. Um, was happy to, you know, to cop some gear from them. And love they were kind of at the forefront. Um, so they started really early in the game mm-hmm. uh, from that aspect of trying to, you know, blend both worlds together. So they've been at the forefront, kind of pioneers, um, in that sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Give them a follow. Um, definitely shout out to random golf club. They've been dropping some new stuff lately. Definitely mm-hmm. a lot more drops um, since this past year has been happening. They've been busy. Um, Eric's been killing it with their mad scramble, uh, which is something we'll have to talk about a little bit next time. Yes. But it's something I get to experience here in Austin. Um, just about, I think it was like a hundred people. Uh, playing together for nine holes, which was amazing. They got what was to, the score? I know you. I know everyone's goal is trying to we, shoot low for that hundred hundred person I'm, scramble. I'm I'm trying to think. I think it was. I'm trying to think. It was 11, 11 or twelve. It was the lowest out of the whole tour. So they took a whole month. Oh really? Head up, head okay. up every big every big city in the country okay. on a tour bus. They ended up back up in Austin, the home home hometown, and 
hometown heroes. We we came through with the lowest. Someone sh- we chipped in for eagle on the last hole with flashlights <laughs> out on our phones. You know, like it was wow. getting dark. Yeah. It was great. That just it was a roar. I mean, I've never been around such a lively group of people. Love the people here. Um, yeah, random golf club. Love cricket shirts. Also, if you're looking for more of the classic look, cricket's been great. killing it too. But yeah, I mean, we're going to get to talking a lot more about golf, golf yeah. swing, functionalities, get more into what's trending out there. And we'll get back to guests too. I know we got and a guess. huge host of guests that we that yes. are, uh, we still got some untapped potential in our pod and we got, we still have some guests that are definitely going to help elevate the pod, but, um, but definitely provide also good insight to the sport, um, to growing the game, you know, whatever that may be, what their definition is of doing that. Um, and we're going to introduce a couple of new segments. We're going to do some hot, some rapid questions, um, some hot seat questions, um, this or that, you know, just different types of different types of segments just to make it more fun for us um, as well as our guests. So we're going to definitely do that um, and have it be a little bit more engaging to y'all, to you, to your right. viewers, so to you listeners. So really do appreciate the support. You can find us on Spotify pod, Spotify podcast. You can find us on um, Apple, Apple podcast. Apple podcast. Yep. Um, and you can find us on Riverside too, which houses our podcast and allows us to do a lot of our editing. Um, not necessarily a plug, but um, but I guess it is some sort of a plug, right? <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. Appreciate it. Um, definitely keep up with us at our socials and we'll be back again next week. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Coach Frankie. Until next time. <laughs>